you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast. Made a football move. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some different heroes. Dave Damashek, Chris Wessling, and another member of Dave's crew coming in a little later. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hello, Dan. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. What a great. pleasure. I appreciate your enthusiasm, for one. Wes seems less excited about it, but I'm going to match it. Wes is a kind of like, you know, down-home folk. He keeps it he keeps it relatively level. Key is on the island. You never get too high. You never get too low. <laughs> Exactly. Thanks to, to booze. You know, <laughs> you know who's more excited than anyone right now? Behind the glass, TD. We're going to go to him a little earlier than usual today because our big crossover episode, Handsome Hank, is going to come here. <laughs> Henry Hodgson at any moment uh, once he gets out of his uh, Jaguar and comes upstairs, which will give us our first true crossover episode between the Dave Damashek football program and the Around the NFL podcast. And TD's excited. Forget Sony, forget Marvel, forget Spider-Man. This is where it's at. You know, uh-huh. I know you guys are up to yeah, you guys are up to. By the way, let's calm down with Spider-Man. By the way, I'm when? seeing in the news another new Spider-Man. Yeah, there is. You know, you know, he had enough shots at this point. I know, I agree. But it I mean, is this is ridiculous. Is this a brand new one? Like yes, this it's is not. Th- it's not going to be Andrew Garfield. It's going to be a brand new Spider-Man. But this is a reboot. Are they going to do the whole? Well, they're not going to origin start from, story well, again. No more origin start. story. No we more get it. Stories. We yeah. get it with the spider bite. And Mary Jane and, and the dead uncle. Enough. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they. This is ridiculous. This is this is now veering into Hulk territory. Mm. They made that Hulk picture three times in about five years. It feels like with three different leading men. Now we're on the. What are you well, nerds talking about? <laughs> Check to be accurate. The uh, the Hulk that Mark Ruffalo and uh, Ed Norton played, same Hulk. Just different actors. No, the point. No, no, no. Yeah. And then there was also the Eric Bana one. Well, yeah, those those two are different. All right, all right, enough. <laughs> you know what? I, I shouldn't have brought it up because I knew TD would send it down a wormhole. Uh, 
All right, so big show today. Henry, like I said, is going to come in a little later. Dave, thanks for joining us. Um, this what is, a pleasure. You know, we'll get to a little later poor, why, why perhaps Mark it's Sessler a surprise. Is, uh... Yes, we should mention Mark uh, downstairs, actually. First of all, Greg is on paternity leave. Good job by Greg. Uh, Mark lost his voice. That that voice, that deep uh, voice. That we don't know how it happened. Keeps us steady. Yeah, it's a little suspicious. He also has a bandage on his hand. It's like one of those bandages that when you go into the interrogation room and the police are like, so what happened to your hand, see? And it's like, oh, I burned it. <laughs> and it doesn't stand up at all. I, I can confidently say he wasn't with me when all of this happened. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good sign. I, a bad sign. I can uh, attest, though, that there were good times had in Phoenix, Arizona, the downtown area there in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> While Kansas, you were off doing your fancy parties at night trying to report back on those. Mm-hmm. Now, was that your desire, by the way? If you missed all of Hanzus's, uh written pieces, yeah. they were terrific. But I, I felt like... Th- it's that- a, it very much, it started off as a great uh, gift from the assignment gods. And by the end of the week, it was very much a job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was sick by the end of the week. I, I barely made it. I sniff that one out a mile away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank. Not that anybody approached me about it, but if they had, no way. Uh, Just real quick, though, full-on yes. production note. It is a two-part episode, ATN's going up, and DDFP right after. Two parts, Shoot. listen to both. Flow in your eye. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> excited. Exciting. All right, we're excited. Not as excited as TD, but we're excited. This is a big show today. We got a lot to get to, so uh, we're going to do. Uh, we're going to talk about the free agency crop at quarterback, which is uh, always grim, but uh, it's 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 fun to look at because it's so crazy. And then we'll talk about maybe some other options. Wes, you wrote a, a nice piece about a certain player that's not a free agent quarterback that maybe would be somebody for teams to target. We'll get into that. Uh, our off-season forecast series is off and running. We're going through the entire league, 32 teams, uh, breaking down what's needed, what what's on the horizon. Uh, we have the AFC East now complete, so we'll hit the AFC East. Uh, Wes wrote a Bills piece. I wrote a Jets piece. I believe Kevin Patcher wrote a Dolphins piece, which we'll hit. And Henry will be here to talk about and Henry his will beloved be here. Dolphins. Hank will be here, and uh, we'll hit on the Pats a little bit, even though Greg's not here. Uh, but before any of that, TD, let's, let us do some news, please, sir. I demand a trial by combat. <laughs> Wes, what's that from? I'm guessing Game of Thrones. Wow, good job by you. Good job, Wes. Thank you. I watched uh, Walking Dead the other night. Boy, is that show the worst. I, I do it's not enough watch that. Of that. Oh, the, the, Better Call Saul, though. Did you didn't watch that? that. Was it worth it? Very good. Very heard really? some buzz about ex- that on Twitter. This I'm is a television show. I'm excited for that one. It's very good. Really? I love Bob Odenkirk, too, so it's a really uh, it's off to a nice start. All right, let's start with Peyton Manning. A little Peyton Manning update. We don't know for sure if he's coming back, but NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported that Manning is working out in New Orleans with an eye toward the 2015 NFL season. Uh, The 38-year-old quarterback wants to see where he is at physically in the next stage of his evaluation process. Uh, He's expected to work with a strength coach, and uh, I guess it all comes back now to whether he feels right. We've heard in past years he needs to get cleared by a doctor, and that's the only thing that would stop him from coming back. But now there's an added layer to it, which is does, is, does he feel like he can still do it? 
Dave, you uh, you're, you're famous for taking shots at Manning. <laughs> I would imagine that you you think he should be hanging it up and not come. Well, no, I don't think I'm famous for it, but I do think uh, word has spread uh, sufficiently to uh, to Peyton Manning's camp since he turned down doing an interview with me. So mm-hmm. I like that. I Can't like really blame him. He and Kobe. He and Kobe are the sorts of guys they sit atop the sports world, and yet they are aware of. Dopes like me who say this, that, and the other about them. I'm Wait, do we have? Did you have any evidence that it was because they had heard that you were critical, or is it just because? They, oh well, oh, maybe he just thinks show. maybe he just thinks I'm dumb. Yeah, maybe he just uh, doesn't care. <laughs> but but he did. He said um, Peyton was informed. He said, "Who are these interviews with?" One was with Dan Helley. Right. The second one is with Dave Damashek. Peyton said, "Oh, kill, kill the Damashek interview." <laughs> That was the apparent. Wow. Helly is a hotter JFK, though, so maybe that, that factored in, too. It's hard yeah, to maybe say he no likes that Helly. sound. Yeah, he knew it would be uh, yeah. you know, it would be anticlimactic to kibitz with me. The question also is, with Peyton Manning, the other wrinkle is, do, do the Broncos really want him? I, the, the, the key, of course they do. Of course they do. We yeah. don't know. How do we know? How do you? If how about, we don't know. How about because John Elway came out at the season-ending press conference and said, we definitely want Peyton Manning back. But the implication being we want Peyton Manning if he's Peyton Manning. If he is subpar, how subpar does he have to be for them to, to say, yeah, this is probably not a great move to bring back a 39-year-old Still man. has a pulse? I mean, you know, I know that's easy to – I mean, that sounds like you're, you're you know, cynical about what uh, one Mr. Brock Osweiler might be capable of. Yes. Capable of. But, um, you know, listen, this is a guy who's learned at the knee of Peyton Manning for the last couple of years, first of all. He was, what, a second-round pick coming out of uh, Arizona State? Nice big kid, has a has a rifle for an arm. We don't really know how he stacks up. Um, but if Peyton Manning isn't – if Peyton Manning is not what he was in September of 2014 – I don't know. Does John Elway really want to turn the franchise over to a 39-year-old man? Once well, you, I mean, as we see with Kobe Bryant, who I, whose name I just invoked, if you get into that age range, those little, uh, the little nicks that you get put you down for a couple of weeks. You're, you know, they can't really afford well, to go into a season where the health of the QB is in question. Like, well, he may be all right, he may not be. I can you, see them moving on. You bring up Kobe, and he's a perfect example of why Manning should come back to me because Kobe. Last year should have been the year Kobe realized he shouldn't have come back, but he came back and his body gave out and he wasn't playing well. And then he decided to come back again, and then it then it seemed like ego was driving it or maybe an inability to let go uh, of, of his playing days. And I think right now Manning is not at that level yet. I feel like he owes it to himself to come back one more year and see how he feels, see how he can play. And then if he really is uh, you know, a marginalized player, I think he would definitely know to step away. I don't think Kobe was able to do that, and that's why we have this sad Kobe right now. We can only guess at how much of Peyton Manning's declining production down the stretch was the result of injuries, but we can also infer from John Elway's press conference, and he has a much better read on this than we do. He's closer to him, he has the medical reports, and he left no doubt that he wants Peyton Manning to come back. I heard the comments, but that's also, I can spin that, that that's the politically sound move to make at that point, not knowing anything about Peyton Manning's well-being at that point. You can spin it, but he didn't really leave much room for doubt on what he was saying. 
He's saying, I, we de- of course we yeah. want the Hall of Fame or one of the all-time best. Not only that, that but we, we'll consult him on the coaching search and everything. I mean, it was pretty clear that they, they have big plans for him as long as he wants to come back. I just am saying, I think that Peyton Manning right, will fellas. come back. I think Peyton will come back and will be the QB. I just don't know that that's going to be the greatest situation in the world, especially they'll keep Demarius Thomas. But let's say Julius Thomas goes. Demarius Thomas, to me, is the key, obviously, for that offense. Um but you know, I, I don't you think Peyton Manning's the key for that offense, not Demarius. Thomas? You're not going to believe this, Henry Hodgson, handsome Hank, notorious DOP, who just walked in the room and sat down. But Dave is speaking negatively about Peyton Manning. Really, I, I, I'm confused. Whose podcast is this? Is this Dave's <laughs> or is this yours? I think the right full now, on crossover event. This is. I this, think Dave has squatters rights now. <laughs> this is historic right now. It is. Right. This is what TD was excited about. Now that Hank is with us. This is it. This is the first time there's been, I guess, two and two from the. What'd you call shows. it? A mashup? It's crossover. A crossover. Yeah. yeah. It's a kind, remix. It's kind of like uh, when Richard Mulligan and Empty Nest went over from Golden Girl. <laughs> That's your reference. That's Not when Mork from Ork showed up in Happy Days in uh, in Al's Diner. You go Empty Nest. What you go Empty Nest. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that is the Peyton Peyton Manning we just talked about. Right. He's probably going to come back. Uh, it sounds like right? he's definitely coming back. Why is that negative what I said? I, I can't help that the man's 39 and was hurt last I, year. I, look, I'd, I'd be inclined to agree with Dave. I think it's fantastic that Peyton Manning's coming back, but he's not. we know that by week 10 he'll be back. You know, every year he's got a little bit worse. Yeah, just like you predicted three years ago by week four his career would be All over. All right. So. I, would, I wasn't year. far off. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what Brock Osweiler has in store for us. Well, you don't know. I mean, listen. Mark Malone learned at the knee of Terry Bradshaw how'd that work out. Well, not so well. But let me tell you something. Brock Osweiler, right, well, it's not a guarantee of right. success to to play underneath a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. I do, though, think that the pieces are there. What if the Broncos kept Demarius Thomas and Julius Thomas, C.J. Anderson, a good offensive line, Emmanuel Sanders, and the rest? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, in this day and age, the to it's it's unfair. A big word these days, this week or two, or last week or two, is conflate. Let's not conflate those two. Let's not <laughs> conflate Brock Osweiler's situation with Dave. Mark Malone's. This diminishing roster in Pittsburgh hey, in another era, thirty, forty years ago. Brock Osweiler is a young, Dave. talented guy who might come in in tell, a. Dave, How's your podcast going? Uh, this is how our pod works, Dave. We we do news items, multiple news items, and we uh-huh. jump from one to the next. All right, let's move forward. The Seattle Seahawks are waiting on Marshawn Lynch to decide his future. In a radio interview on Tuesday, Seahawks GM John Schneider said that the team is waiting for Lynch to decide on whether he will retire or return. Here's a quote. Whether or not he wants to play next year, I can't answer that. I don't know if he knows at this juncture. So we're talking about Peyton Manning and whether he wants to come back. Marshawn Lynch, to me, I would be less surprised uh, if Lynch retired than Manning did because he's a wild card. He certainly is, yeah. I mean, uh, who knows? He, he could do anything. He, might, he may change his mind between now and the season two or three times as well. But I would expect that Lynch will come back. He's playing. He likes the money. Yeah, I mean, he's playing. He, I mean, he, he can pretend he everything money, else. Yeah. He doesn't like the attention and all that stuff, but he does like and the money. Perhaps that was the whole thing during Super Bowl week when you notice he was not talking. He was talking whenever he was getting paid for it. He was making right. his comments. Coming you know what the- I thought was very interesting was what I, uh, talking to our pal Mike Silver there. My assumption had always been that it was a team-motivated 
um, benching. You know, he had a couple of those in the season, you'll recall, especially in the first quarter at Arizona in a game that they needed to have in order to steal the division. I thought that the Seahawks were trying to shame him. Maybe he ran afoul of Pete Carroll, and so they put him down for the first quarter. No, Mike Silver says. That's what Marshawn Lynch does to remind the team how valuable he is. Wow. Oh, you think you can make it with Turbin and uh, Kristen Michael? I'm going to sit myself down. Let's see how well you do. He does that in-game. Are we sure that people are in love with that? I mean, that's where I, that's what led me to say I don't know that the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs in 2014, and the 12s got on me for that. But that's kind of not a great situation that you have a star player, you know, the tail wagging the dog, basically benching himself in key uh, in key games for you. Are we sure the Seahawks are desperate to have that back and wouldn't prefer to ride with so the good, capable though. Kristen Michael and then go get, at the end of the first round, Todd Gurley out of Georgia? That would be devastating. I love yes. the idea of a, of a backfield with a guy called Christine and, then, <laughs> and another one called Gurley. <laughs> for that alone, they have to do it. Congruence. Hey, Rich, yes, we're sure they want him back. Moving on. Richie. I mean, listen, they don't love that trouble he makes in the locker room. They, they want him back. Richie They're Incognito is back in the NFL, gentlemen, uh, the Buffalo Bills. So happy for a him. month. I guess it was about <laughs> a month after Rex Ryan says in his introductory press conference, they want to build a bully. Your boy, Hank. But wait a Richie second. Incognito, maybe the most infamous bully in the NFL's history or recent history. Uh, joins the Bills. This was led with a lot of uh, met with a lot of criticism uh, upon Buffalo, and the Pagulas apparently met with Richie and see that he's a changed man. So, oh well, that's good. They met yeah. with him. So. so the Bills, who he really this comes guy. down to, well, it's a personnel issue. They have some of the worst guard play in the league last year. So now they're taking a chance on a former Pro Bowler, but a lot of baggage here. I think it has to do with their Greg Roman runs a power blocking scheme, and they didn't have those guards in Buffalo, so they bring in Richie Incognito. But I. My only takeaway is here, I don't ever want to hear Bills fans ripping on the Patriots for their lack of ethics or morals or anything like that. Come on. Give me a break bringing in Richie. <laughs> a year and a half? He hasn't played football in a year and a half? He's on the wrong, th- wrong side of 30? I don't know what the Bills are doing. In his in last general, year, right? in his last year, by people who measure the quality of offensive line play, Richie Incognito was not uh, an especially strong performer. Yes, what is the point of this? What are you getting out of the PR nightmare? What is the upside of bringing in Richie Incognito? Well, but the flip side of it is, I mean, what have you got to lose? This is a guy who, who hasn't played for a while. You're, as Dan says, your guards are terrible. You might as well bring him in and see what you've got because you're probably going to draft those positions and you're going to sign a bunch of free agents. You can build your roster as big as you want. If he's still on the roster when it comes to opening day, then I would say the, suggest the Bills probably do have a deal. By the way... Um, Greg Rosenthal, who's not here, I think he might be back for Thursday's show, but I am starting to pile up some sandwiches uh, in our little wagers. First, and I don't know if you knew this, uh, Dave, that we had a wager, Greg and I, that J.J. Watt would get at least eight MVP votes. Hmm. Uh, He ended up getting 13. Greg thought he'd get two or three. I got a sandwich off Greg there. And then we made another wager months back that Richie Incognito would play again. Greg said no. I said yes. 
Chomp, 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 Jackson Market. <laughs> Muzzle tub to you on, on uh, both of those nice victories. Thank I want to stick my neck out. I want to do some sort of a Peyton Manning slash Brock Osweiler uh, sandwich bet with, with Chris Wessling. Ooh. I'm all over that. Let's do it. Let's you do don't it. even know what it is. How I are you care. all over it? I what do you mean care. you're all over? I, I, how about this? How about how good is the team going to be? I, it, if Peyton Manning is their starting quarterback. They won't quarterback, make the playoffs if Brock Osweiler is their starter. Do they make the playoffs if Peyton's their quick QB? Yes. Mm, I like that's that. Bold. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement to make about a 39-year-old man. So you're covered either way on this wager, no matter who the quarterback is. Here's the thing. It's, it's, I don't want to get into a thing because since you're doing your news uh, thing. Right, but go ahead. And I get distracting. But I just want to tell you something very quickly. <laughs> Wes, the Patriots are going to win their division again. Right. The Bills are interesting. No, they're not. No, they're, no, they're kind the of The Bills aren't even the least bit interesting. They are interesting. With EJ Manuel, the, the Dolphins. Who's playing quarterback? The Dolphins are interesting. The Dolphins All right, so five and eleven. Definitely the Patriots. The Chargers are going to be good next year. I Maybe think. the Chargers usually go nine. And the seven Chiefs will be interesting next Did year. Did they get a again. new quarterback? The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be good next year. All right, year. I buy The it. Baltimore Ravens probably will be if a couple things break right for them in free agency. The Bengals are still around. I you know I just don't I don't necessarily what's that, see what's a guaranteed playoff. I don't understand it. What, <laughs> because they the only got I don't know if you heard they only get they only allow six teams from so, uh, each conference to go to the postseason. It's not like they endlessly I don't know if have. You heard, oh, you're halfway decent, and and that's why this is a good proposition because if it was a no brainer. You wouldn't be willing to put a sandwich on the. Line. So what's the proposition? Uh, what do we? What is it? Let's get to it. If Manning goes, if. Well, it depends on who's the quarterback. How if, about this? Not in the top the five. Manning. If Peyton Manning is the quarterback, they will not be in the top five seeds. No, 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 no. In the playoffs. That was the proposition. Don't well, get, I think get, you're – Don't get scared now, Dave. Yeah, Dave's Dave backtracking yeah, now. Yeah, how am I backtracking? All right, fine. They won't make the playoffs. Yeah, okay. I demand a trial by combat. <laughs> I don't know where that fits in. <laughs> Moving on, the Cleveland Brown. All right, so there it is. There's a sandwich wager for uh, Dave and Wes. So we'll be tracking that, whoever – Proposition. Brock Oswald. What's that? Proposition. Proposition. We don't do wagers. Yep. Excuse me. Proposition. Whoever runs that Twitter account, please update it, and we appreciate your business and service. The Cleveland Browns <laughs> are zeroing in on Marcus Mariota. NFL media's uh, Albert Breer noted Tuesday that Browns GM Ray Farmer, who's got his own issues right now, has, quote, shown a liking for the Ar- Oregon prospect. Uh, you know, is this just is this what what football fandom yeah, is now? Every uh, February we have to talk about the Browns drafting a quarterback in the first round. Farmer showed a liking for every quarterback in the draft last year, according to numerous reports. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't put right. much stock into this. Well, he took one, though. Right. But let's remember, this is the time of year where people take a liking, and then it just is, is meaningless. Yeah, but I th- now's I, not a good time. It. Now's not a good time you to believe anything Browns that we're putting out about who likes who. But you can't see the Browns now panicking and bailing on. Oh, themselves. I can see them collecting a bunch of quarterbacks who aren't suited to the. NFL. But that's a di- there's a difference between collecting <laughs> quarterbacks and t- and using another high right. pick yes. on this guy who Would Mariota even fall to them. Uh yeah, I think he will be there. It's really? hard. It's so he- hard to say, but he could. I could. I mean, they might. Even, they have two first-round picks, so they could even package that and move up. I mean, they're they are in a weird spot. Everything's going wrong with that franchise. I think all bets are off when trying to figure out where they're going to go next. Oh yeah, they'll use your eyeballs. Look when you watch him play. When he tries to get the ball more than twenty yards downfield, the ball just a uh, uh, just blatantly appears to die in the air. It and just doesn't seem to have an NFL arm. They've already got one of those. <laughs> like, why would you want another one of those no one, guys? No wonder why Sessler's jumping ship to the Patriots. What about your Jets there, Hanzoos? They're another prime candidate to. We will get into that to during grab our off-season forecast. Oof. Ooh. 
Segments. <laughs> Egad. It's grim. Segments, TD. Segments. How about that? How about structure over on this podcast? The Jets. I and, like it. The Jets and Bills. We see. We sometimes go with structure. Other times, we let our hair down and we and we just dance. <laughs> By the way, TD, I know there are times where you want to kill me. And I know you actively well, want to kill you, Dave a lot you, of times. When you so, come up with my drops like that, like you just did like five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. This is an opportunity for you, by the way, to put some mustard gas in here or something. No, no. It's <laughs> and just move forward. With after, the the, after the full-on crossover podcast, which I'm excited for, then maybe that. <laughs> just after it's over. Yeah. The last one ever. Uh, <laughs> finally, uh, Ed Sable, founder of NFL Films, passed away. On Monday at the age of 98, uh, we got some football heads in the room right now uh, in Wes and Damashek, two history guys. We got Hank, not American, so he fell in love with the game from afar. I didn't, and I actually fell in love because of NFL I films. was going to say. Had, I had a pile, I had a, t- a stack of VHS videotapes from NFL films I would buy from some, I don't know, some store. I don't even know where I got them from, actually. That's bizarre. Hmm. And, uh, and I had like 50 of these videotapes. Crunch Time, NFL Films Presents Crunch Time. You know, all these type of things. It's great. I have um, a tradition now, you know, with this, when we go to these Super Bowls, and, and I've been lucky enough to take my dad to two of them, is that I play the NFL Power and the Glory music in our hotel room when he comes in, because that's what he grew up on, is that old NFL Films music that scored so many of their uh, programs early on. So that, that music to me, and we're listening to it now, is that's when I think about that old NFL film stuff, and that's really I mean, that, that helped me fall in love with football as well. I think my biggest takeaway from Ed Sable is that when the 1960s began, he was selling overcoats, and the NFL was overshadowed completely by Major League Baseball, was behind boxing and college football in popularity, and they hire him in 1962. He becomes what Sports Illustrated calls the best propaganda arm in the history of corporate America. Mm. And by the end of the decade, football has put all other sports in the dust and is number one in eyeballs, television revenues, and excitement for the game. It's just a more entertaining sport thanks to NFL films. Yeah, for guys of a certain age, and I guess we all fit into that window, to me, it was it was it is the number one reason why you become why I became more than as much as I loved all sports devoted to pro football because of NFL films and Facenda and the Sables wrote that language that Facenda would uh, would employ you know from the, the, the Raiders stuff the Raider, and yeah. you know I swoon over the Steelers talk you know there are 27 teams in the National Football League <laughs> and then the, all the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> all scored by that uh, that, that glorious uh, music and the look of Sam it and everything Spence. yeah I mean it's, it's it, it is the number one external sorts of uh, influences for making you love something right. that fantasy football also in there but I mean I really that you you rank those up there with the most in Monday night football the pro football has benefited from those three strokes and it is the re- those three reasons I would say are the reason there is such a cavernous divide between NFL and whatever's number two at this point in sports. Well put. GD, you had a thought. Yeah, I mean, I started my NFL career as an intern for NFL Films, so that, you know, holds a Ooh. special place in my heart. But, I mean, just to bring it full circle, Super Bowl Forty Nine, awesome, great game. That game was only made better by the lens of NFL Films. If you go back and watch the sound effects, cool. the inside, inside NFL stuff, it just shows you how great 
you know what they do over there is and it's uh pretty awesome stuff it is it's a really special place as well if you've been lucky enough to visit nfl films it's it's incredible they really do they keep the history and you know that's that's what they, they call themselves the keepers of the flame but you go and walk around that building and there's just so much memorabilia amazing amazing old stuff there so it's it's uh great to look back on what the sables established there uh and that is the news that's what's happening and now we got to talk about something a little unpleasant and I, I, last we talked about it downstairs, didn't know if I wanted to bring it up, but you know, yesterday, uh, the around the NFL podcast had an interview scheduled mm. with Legarrette Blunt. Oh dear! And it was scheduled at um, 2:50, so promptly at 2:50, Wes and I came upstairs mm-hmm. uh, to do the interview, and we got up and knocked on the door, came in, and the door opens, and what is the sight, Wes, that we're met with? Dave Damashek already interviewing our interviewee. Mm-hmm. And the t- the time ticked by, and we waited behind the glass. And at a certain moment, I tapped TD on the shoulder. Said, "TD, we're out." Whoa! He just so we Dave bailed on the interview because well, Dave first, hijacked. So it. Dave first passed the blunt. <laughs> first thing, I don't first, get it. I told Drugs. Black Tie to jam something in the door so you guys couldn't get in in the first. <laughs> so I'm red in the face about you having seen what you the saw. The best part, the best part, by the way, and it was a, a mix up and, and TD had some type of production issue on his end, hitting the wrong button. So nothing was getting through to Dave's earpiece. When yeah, Black Tie says after. <laughs> so so I we it starts off and I, and if I may self promote. Uh, go to yeah, NFL. why not? You stopped on our <laughs> interview. You'll love you it. NFL.com. So Shane Vereen and I, we have all the great clips from the Super Bowl pre from pregame through the interception. Talked some Katy Perry, what's going on in the Patriots locker room. Which, Wild by the Kate. way, all of this is part of the mega crossover podcast. All okay. right, but there's all a right, video that you can watch. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, so LeGarrette Blunt happens along when we get into the subject of who's more handsome, Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo. LeGarrette Blunt felt he needed to weigh in on the subject, <laughs> and so he did. I couldn't be a rude host and tell him no to that. I'm and, sure he couldn't wait to weigh in on this. But so, so Vereen leaves, and Blunt ends up sticking around for another 15 minutes. He and I kibitz. We talk about it all because I'm a Steelers guy, and so I wanted to know how he parted ways with Pittsburgh and then finds himself as a Super Bowl champion. I say, Black Tie, if I had to wrap up, I had no idea that the guys were in there, Hanzoos and Wesling. What happened there? Black Tie said, I was talking in your ear, telling you to wrap up. I said, you weren't talking to me. You didn't so say that, anything to me. Black Tie says, oh, I was hitting the wrong button. So that time. was on me. And that's why, again, <laughs> yeah. that's why the full, the wrong full button. crossover is happening. Because, yes, LaFell, LeGarrette Blunt, Shane Vereen are going to be part of this podcast episode. Part two. Wow. But also if you want to talk to Brandon also, LaFell, I'd be happy to give it. Also there. on Thursdays around the NFL podcast, we're going to be talking to the game-winning player, Malcolm, Bl- Malcolm Butler on the yes. show. Yes, and we're looking forward to that. Yep. The best part to put a cap on this before we move on is – Dave slinks down the steps and into the newsroom. I didn't slink down. I announced after, it. You know, whistling Dixie. <laughs> I did a victory like, lap. Around. Oh, I just feel terrible about it. I'm watching The Bachelor <laughs> for the first time this year, which is a really good program. And, like, some of the cunning moves by Dave reminded me of some of the women on that show. It's like, I can't believe this happened. I really feel bad. Sorry, <laughs> fellas. It's like, all right, Dave. I, first of all, came down and announced myself as champion. I, 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 I was finger wagging after I did it. First of all, I didn't slink into any room. <laughs> it's I like thought. coming in from work and finding another man's pickup in your driveway. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but obviously, we, we got past it all because we're all together in the big old crossover episode, Empty Nest Style, with Richard Mulligan. Uh, let's move Are on. Are you enjoying The Bachelor, though? 
Uh, I am. Oh, oh, you're in. It's a fun show. Some lunatics. Oh my god, these women are completely crazy. I mean, legit. I mean, some some people with emotional problems. I mean, I don't mean like oh they're crazy that they think they can fall in love in two weeks and find their spouse. No, no. I mean, people need to be hospitalized. This is a show that would disgust Wes even on normal terms, but even if Wes wanted to watch it, he said, hey, Dan, can I come over and watch it with you and Emily? I wouldn't allow it because Wes is a man looking for his wife in Los Angeles and, like, half the women on the show are from L.A. and everyone's nuts. I don't need that in West. That Tech. cuckoo bird who is the widow who oh. is bragging She's about insane. my journey has been amazing. Yes, it's had some tragedy, but I wouldn't trade it for it. You wouldn't trade Having be, being in your twenties and having your husband die, you wouldn't yeah, drop dead. You wouldn't give that one away. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a little crazy. Luke. I think West would make a good bachelor, though. I'd oh, watch. Ah, wow. we're cooking with gas. That is a great idea. I'm, I told you, I'm entirely undateable. And the whole thing will it's, you it's, accept it, this road? That's not true. <laughs> is it, there's a, something grossly uh, old-fashioned about it that the the women they're all submissive to start with on the show, and then they all I don't the agreement like is that they women. they must move to you know. Bumble F uh, Idaho or whatever after the show's over, they would all go to Tybee Island. I can't deal with submissive women. Yeah, well, these guys, these guys are crackers. I want to show you my Tybee. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's take a look. Let's move forward. We'll take a look at the free agent class of quarterback because uh, the reason I decided to write this yesterday is because every so many teams in the NFL right now, Hank, that are that are looking for a quarterback. Let's name them. Let's, right. let's just go in, through. You know, in case you're a fan and you're listening, you think. Well, Hanzoo has team. his list his of top team. ten free agent QBs that I perused yesterday, and frankly, I have a couple issues with it. Okay, so yeah. Right. But well, I want to know. We, I, I think it's good to establish which teams are actually going to be right. are in the market for right. some of these. The bill, let's, I'll go right across the top of our uh, homepage with the teams: the Bills, the Jets, the Browns, the Texans, the Titans, the. Chiefs, maybe, probably not. The Chiefs, actually, not, uh, not with this bunch. Uh, Buccaneers, the Bucks, the uh, Redskins. The Redskins. You get the point. There, are, you know, there's a there's a, a bunch of teams, teams who do need, you need a quarterback. Teams. And what, and we let's establish as well in the draft. We we probably think then there's there's one, maybe two quarterbacks who who might be able to start next. Rams. Year. Yeah, well, people, and I don't consider myself a, a college expert by any stretch. But when I tweeted out the link to this story, Brian Fisher, who is one of our uh, college um, 24-7 writers uh, wrote, you know, the, co- the college crop is even worse than what, right. what I wrote about here. So that tells you a lot about it. You're hearing Jameis Winston and Mariota, two guys with red flags. I like flags. Brett Hundley. I, I, I'm not sure why I'm in the vast minority on that one. I think if you cut him loose and let him do his thing, he could be effective immediately. Okay, so... Th- UCLA QB, by the way. And, what? No, I, what? Nothing. What? Nothing. Okay, <laughs> I was giving uh, Hank some uh, stage direction. He was leaning out. Apparently, out of I'm, shot. apparently I'm not in the shot. I didn't yeah. even know Wait, there this was is a, a shot. This is being videotaped? It's always been videotaped, man. Oh, oh, wait, we're always on film. I had no idea. Uh, that, all right, I wasn't prepared for that. I don't even have product in my hair. All right, let's move on. The top <laughs> ten quarterbacks on my list. And this is, you know, right off the bat, it's a bad spot. And, and, and uh, Dave, you could tell me where you disagree. But I have Sanchez 1, Brian Hoyer 2, Jake Locker 3, Ryan Mallett 4, Ryan Mallett at four. There, that's what Michael I think. Michael Vick at five. Those I think Ryan Mallett five. should be higher up. I, I, Ryan Mallett. Complete is, question mark, though. That's the thing. Like, 
uh, tools alone and size and skill set and all that, maybe. But the guy, he got basically two starts before he got injured. So how can you make a case for him? Because I already have seen what Mark Sanchez is, what Brian Hoyer is. I know what the, I would get out of them if that's good enough. It's not for the teams that you're naming. I, I don't think any of those teams vault themselves into legitimate contention by adding Mark Sanchez. Ryan Mallett at least provides, if you are a glass half full sort, the optimism that maybe he will deliver on the uh, on the great athleticism, the physical gifts he has. And I'll tell you what, I think if he is healthy last year, I think they wind up the Texans in the postseason. That's a great situation if they have a guy with a real whip on him like Ryan Mallett has. Arian Foster and old Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, the pieces are there. And obviously the great defense. If they can find... You know, I, I, Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett are, are wildly different characters. But if you are confident that you'll get, a, a, you know, a relatively clean game, which is to say not turn the ball over very much, the Texans should be very good this year. And that's another team that maybe will be in the postseason ahead of the Denver Broncos, led by number 18. It's quite a leap of faith you're taking here. I'm glass half full. I have a sunny disposition, Wes. He, went, he was thought of so highly around the NFL that he went for a conditional sixth-round draft pick. In a trade. I understand. Listen, he had he had Watch his troubles coming it. out of Arkansas. There were character issues and all of that sort of thing. And there has been some success with those guys, uh, you know, becoming more mature. Somebody is going to use a pick on Jameis Winston and make the same sort of gamble, but with much more at risk there when you use your first overall pick. Ryan Mallett at this point, I'm sure you get for a bargain, just like the Texans got him last year, but with the high-end potential. There are very few guys on the face of the earth who've ever had a whip like Ryan Mallett. Henry, do you have any issues with my top five? I I, you know what? The reason I wanted to establish which teams need them is because I think you named seven or eight teams there. And let's say we do have two quarterbacks in the draft. That So two of those teams are going to find a quarterback through the draft and, and stake their hopes on Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota. My take on your list, which, by the way, thank you, people have, have been reading it in oh, in their no tens problem. of thousands since oh, we published it. You got it, buddy. I think <laughs> maybe apart from Mallet, and I'm, and that's only if the glass is half full. Every team who picks up one of these guys is going to be looking for a quarterback again. It's so week. true. That's, that's the point. That's, that's right. my takeaway. Yeah. You just if you stick one of these guys in your including Mallet, or in, probably including Mallet, but if you stick one of these guys in your offense. Yes, you've got a quarterback and for 2015. I, you don't have one for 2016. You've still got the same issue. And if you thought that top five was bad, this is my six through ten on this list. Christian Ponder, Colt Ooh. McCoy, Matt Moore, Tavares Jackson, and Sean Hill, who I, I snuck up there at West. I don't know where you West's pulled Sean West. Hill out of. I, you might as well. Uh, West, any, West any said that maybe he belonged there, and I trusted West as a football good starts last year. So... That's what we're talking about. That is what we're working. It was him or Jason Campbell, and I can't take another Jason Campbell check right. down the road. And I, yeah, I added ten more guys. I threw David Spade on the list just because you know he could th- throw TJ anybody Yates once you get to a certain point. T.J. Yates is behind David <laughs> Spade on the list, so it's like you know we're we're dealing with this. And Wes, uh, I, I want to tee you up on this couple things. First of all, Dave, you did uh, you did a video piece which I thought was very cool where you tried to figure out why we can't find thirty-two good starting quarterbacks, and you actually did the math. And it's, you know, it makes sense. It, I boiled it down. I went yeah. glass half full once again. We, uh, you know, why can't we find guy. 32 human beings in a world of 7 billion? When you really get into it, it's hard to even find 20 guys that can do it well. How can you find that video, by the way? NFL.com, Dan. Thanks again. Could it be because we've also found so many human Tens beings who are really good at defense? 
Well, I find it hard to imagine that. What, no, I think that there are. I think this generation is converting running would be running backs into other positions. I don't necessarily think there are a whole lot of would be QBs playing defense right now. No, I, what I mean is, oh, all, I all see these human beings are so great at playing defense that you're going to need an exceptional quarterback. There are hundreds of people who can play quarterback, and could guys now who can play quarterback and are third string could probably start in the '60s. But because the it's athletes true, have right. gotten better on defense over all these generations, it's harder to succeed as a, and, as an NFL quarterback. And before we move on, because we are starting to run a little short on time, Wes, throw out a name that you wrote about uh, on Monday that is not a free agent quarterback and is not in the draft class, but could potentially help someone if someone takes a different look at him. Uh, yeah, I'd say ignore all of these free agents and take a chance on Mike Glennon. I'm, I've never been a huge Mike Glennon fan, but he's put on tape some pretty good things. And to me, he's a little bit better than Ryan Mallett. And he won Offensive Rookie of the Month in November, became the first rookie in NFL history to throw a touchdown in eight straight games. He's got some good tape out there. Good arm. You can probably, if the Bucks draft Jameis Winston or Mariota, you could probably get Glennon for a mid-round draft pick, I would think. Does it scare anyone that Mike Glennon is the NFL's worst dancer, even worse than Eli Manning? How do you know that? Just an assumption. but I would right. say, I, I w- I'd actually would say he is not. I put him in the top two or three NFL quarterbacks who looks the least like an NFL quarterback. That's one way to put it. If you ever, yeah, that's a nice yeah. way to put it. You see him with the helmet off. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it 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 doesn't uh, inspire confidence. He isn't exactly the leading man. Like Carson Palmer, at least he takes the helmet off. You think like, yeah, all right, we're good with that guy. Yeah, he looks like he's ready to roll. I like the Mike Glennon call, and I really, to, to be honest, I don't see a whole lot of difference between him and Ryan Mallett. I mean, twenty nine touchdowns and eighteen career starts. That's not bad at all. No. I, yeah, right. And I, He's got demonstrated production, whereas Mallet does not. Um, what about, though, you ask about free agents, I'll bring it back to him. What if, I know you say it's impossible, but it's not impossible that John Elway was playing politician there and we, uh, uh, Peyton Manning, we revere him, we definitely want him back. What if they decide, all right, we're going to go with Osweiler, it's just not a good, where it's not a great situation, but Peyton says, I want to keep playing. Would you, if you're the Jets, Hanzus, would mm-hmm. you roll the dice on number 18 in that situation? Uh, on a short-term deal, sure. The Houston Texans would be yeah, a viable not your money. landing spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the Jets would have. The Jets are in a holding pattern anyway right now. I he think, was interested so. in going to Houston, at least. Uh, that was one of the reports was that uh, a couple of years ago when he was making his decision, Houston intrigued him. Maybe that would be a landing spot for Peyton Manning. Then he would vault to number one. You up. just want him at it, Denver. You want his career ending. Like I do, but I have no room interest for against the man what do i care all right we got to move on finally let's uh let's talk about uh, our offseason forecast which we're rolling through team by team uh we have the afc east completely up uh right now so let's roll through it and uh, uh wes you wrote about the bills and uh, why don't you tell us maybe a, a kind of a, a a macro view of what's going on with this team what they need what's uh what's coming up for them well, I think one thing since we started this podcast that we've made abundantly clear is that you will never win in the NFL without a quarterback, no matter how good your defense is. The Bills don't have a quarterback. They've got E.J. Manuel, who was benched for Kyle Orton 14 games into his career. So E.J. Manuel is not the answer. They need a quarterback. That's 
definitely their top priority. That cycles back to our prior discussion. Right. Who are they going to get? Brian Hoyer. I mean, like, no you know, first it's, round it's, pick it's Brian Hoyer zone. And then, then great, you got Brian Hoyer. What, well, what next? In Buffalo, you have the added problem that you need a guy with, as Damashek would say, a big whip to cut through the elements. I mean, you're not going to bring in a, a guy with a below-average arm just to, to get you through a season. So I think that's one problem. And then they've got some free agents like Jerry Hughes, uh, one of their best pass rushers, and C.J. Spiller, who, for my money, should be playing for the Jets, Dan. I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of connective tissue there. I could definitely see that happening. There is. And I could see David Harris, who's been a backbone of the Jets defense, ending up in Buffalo with Rex wildly overpaying to bring a 30-year-old linebacker in because <laughs> he loves him. C.J. Spiller deserves to go somewhere else. His career has sh- he's flashed so many times like he's going to be an outstanding player, and it never has quite worked out. He, he a, needs a fresh. He was a top three running back in 2012 right. under Chan Gailey in that spread offense. So there's a lot of reasons to think that that would make sense. Well, uh, you know, I, and I've said this uh, many times before, the the ideal Super Bowl, if you have no rooting interest, if you just want deserving fans – Packers v. Bills, it's hard to have any problem with that, or for that matter, Vikings and Bills, I guess really more two long-suffering fan bases comprised of a lot of uh, you know people who stand by their team and are loyal to them. Bills fans deserve better than this, and I would be so, I'm so anxious to say 2015 is going to be a banner year for them because I do think Rex Ryan is one of those guys that you're going to get a big spike out of. I think that the team will perform better than it did in the previous year just for his uh, presence. But this quarterback thing is such a a, – there is no solution there. E.J. Manuel ain't the solution, and whatever else they bring in there, it just seems to me that – the ceiling for this Bills team is uh, is pretty low here. I mean, I, I, even though I called them interesting before, they should. I mean, the defense should be dominant, but how good can they possibly be? Can they get into double digit wins? It's hard to see with whoever the quarterback. Yeah, gonna and be. it goes and then moving on Player? to the next team, uh, the Jets. It's the same situation. The Jets have Geno Smith, who's probably going to be in the mix next year, whether Jets fans want him to be or not, because they 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 probably are going to want to give him another look, unless. They get aggressive. They have the sixth pick. If they believe in Mariota or Jameis Winston, I do not want that to happen. Uh, maybe they bring in a quarterback high in the first round. But there's a very good chance that Geno is going to be the guy and they bring in maybe a veteran to compete with him. I could easily see that happening as well. So the quarterback position is the key thing with the Jets as well. And then the biggest storyline for me to watch, uh, first of all, they, if they don't bring Percy Harvin back, and that's the big decision. He's owed $10.5 million. Uh, which is a lot of money for a guy who gets always always hurt and doesn't have a lot of great tape, let's face it, in terms of over a season, except for maybe one year in many. Um, they have to make a decision to bring him back, and you have to imagine their new uh, GM, McCagnan, also has to think to himself, well, he's not my guy. I inherited him. On top of it, a sixth-round pick becomes a fourth-round pick if they hold on to him uh, this season. So I think that's their big decision. Chris Johnson's gone. They won't bring him back. I think C.J. Spiller will be there. I think the Jets are going to make a hard play. And I really think, and I'm a lot of people are calling me crazy for this, I think Darrell Rivas has a 50-50 shot of coming back to New York. I can see it happening. If Why? Why? What's his incentive? Yeah, what's his incentive? Uh, the Jets will give him an offer that blows everyone else out of the water. And I think he will want to go back. I think he liked playing in New York. It's just the, the way it ended. It was always about money. He's got his ring now. He wants to maybe go somewhere where he could put down his roots and finish his career. I think the Jets pay him a lot. I think Todd Bowles is a respected guy. I think Revis might see the Jets as being a place of unfinished business but, that will pay him a lot of money. But aren't all the people that he was loyal to in New York, they've gone now. Why, yeah, what, Rex what, was his well, biggest he liked Rex. That was his... 
Yeah, I mean, well, listen, maybe then Buffalo is a better spot for. Me, I, I, I don't know. I find it hard to believe. Well, but the Jets are in just... the. Remember when when Revis left? The logic was from the Jets' perspective: this is a shame, but we're so far away from being a contender that it's a luxury that we don't need to possess. Is it the down. right move? Because what's going to end up happening if it ever happened? They would give him be a, a contract that would do. be richer than the one that they right. that Revis wanted and caused them to trade him in the first place. It just feels like a very Jets move. To to make a hard yeah. play for Revis. We're 7-9, and nine, but we do have that great shutdown cornerback. Yeah, and, I, and I will say, as a Jets fan who has a lot of uh, close feelings about Revis, I would not be upset about it if it happened. So what, what do you want them to do in the first round of the draft? What, what do you think they – what should they address? I know I'm hearing a lot of bad things about Mariota, but I, I would take a shot on him. If he well, felt over, this is what happens. Over a receiver, over a receiver, over an offensive lineman, over a defensive back, you know, all positions yep. of need. You'd rather take the medi- like potentially mediocre. Or the guy that saves your franchise. We don't right. know that Mariota's. Uh, uh, no, I don't know. But I, I, but it's the sure thing versus Derek the Carr was the right pick. Derek Carr. I said it all last year. Derek Carr was going to be the guy to get. We'll they see. let him go all the way to the second round. Think how different things would look if yes, you're the Browns or Bills. Derek or. Derek he looks nice. You don't think he looks nice? He would looks, you, he, he's would you rather have him or any of those free agents that Hanzoos just had ran, an average ran rookie year? I mean, no, he had a better. He didn't than, even have a better rookie year than Sam Bradford had, and Bradford's going to be available. We'll we'll skip over the the Patriots, the Super Bowl champions. Would you I rather think. have Derek Carr or any of those free agents that Hanzoos met? I would rather have Derek Carr, but let's calm down on acting like he's already a franchise quarterback. Revis uh, is Amari the biggest storyline in New England as well. Handsome Hank. Uh, so that, that that covers the Pats. We don't need to talk about the Pats all the time. You know, I, Greg's I not think here. we've talked about them enough. Yeah, but I, I would say I agree. Recently. So you're Darrell Rivas. You're staying and going for a ring every year with the Patriots. You're not going to the I, Pats. I think that's what it'll do. Let's close out with the Dolphins. Uh, Henry, your team. And, we'll, you know, Kevin Patcher wrote the piece, but I would like to know, Henry, what your thoughts are and about their biggest need and the biggest business ahead of them in this offseason. Uh, outside of a new head coach, which I'm, let's presume that's not happening, I think <laughs> you got to wait another 11 months for that. Right, worry. I think they they have some needs on offense. They need a, a playmaking receiver. Mike Wallace is is pretty much a one trick pony. So I'm I'm hoping that they might go and get a big receiver who can you know Jar- Jarvis Landry was excellent last year. I love him. I know Wes is a fan, but uh, I think they need they need more help there. Cut Hartline. That Hartline's gone. I think he's worst like contract. Million. Brian Hartline or Riley Cooper. Hmm. Mm. They might I'd they might Cooper. bring Hotline back at what he's actually worth rather than what they're paying him. Right. Um, but I think, uh, to me, Jared Odrick, who's one of their sort of top free agents, not an outstanding player, but he, he sort of emerged as a bit of a leader. The problem with the, the team is they have a massive vacuum, and this is all Joe Philbin's doing. You remember when we watched Hard Knocks, that his first season there, he brought in the leadership council. And then if you look, at, uh, you look at who was that in that leadership council, you know, the leaders on the team, he then cut them all the next year because they, <laughs> they stood up to him. And, and so there's not, you know, it was Carlos Dansby and Reggie Bush, and I can't remember who else, but none of those guys Richie are on the Cognito. team. Richie Incognito. None of those guys are on the team any longer. <laughs> Richie Incognito was on the leadership yes, council. Yes, he was. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> none of those guys are there anymore. And there isn't a player yes. like Ryan Tannehill is a is a is a polite young man that you'd want to you know you want your sister to marry, but he's not he's not like it's not it doesn't have any dog in him. He's not going to be a guy who picks the team up and says let's go do this. Cam Wake is an outstanding player, but he's not a, he, he, again he's sort of on an island himself. He's not really a, that guy. Brent Grimes is a great player, but not that guy. They don't have any leadership, and that's because Joe Philbin has chased all the leadership out of the building. Jared Odrick's about the closest thing they've got to it. 
and you know I think Marquis Pouncey oh sorry Mike Pouncey for what it's worth but I mean he's also uh, maybe not the best guy in the world Reed Hernandez hmm? nothing <laughs> everything all what just Hank said in two words body language that's what you need. Ryan Tannehill has Come has up. has like I'm a very polite young man body language, but he doesn't have like need some follow me follow me body yep. language. A couple of things you brought up Ryan Tannehill. I'll bring up Lauren Tannehill. Turn me down on an interview request. I don't know if I told you this. Wow, I, I was there. I watched it. What a high hat move from yeah. a spouse. He said Ryan's agent said that I shouldn't do any interviews. All right, Lauren. Okay, you know I'm just trying to get you in the spotlight, honey. I'm the Super Bowl experience guy. No, experience. Don't you know who I experience. am? Well, you dropped a honey on her. Yeah. Uh, that was a little <laughs> I apologize. So all this is to say, after the last 10 minutes of conversation, the Bills are going to start uh, Mark Sanchez in 2015. Yikes, the Jets are going to start Kyle Orton or somebody like that. <laughs> and the, the Dolphins are a hot mess. And the Patriots are going to get right. the walk well, into another the, division well, title. The greatest thing that has ever happened to Tom Brady, and I, I, I think Tom Brady is is terrific. Peyton Manning, obviously terrific. But the two things those two guys have had, I don't know what deal with the devil they both made. <laughs> that they get to play in the bum divisions that they've gotten to play their entire careers in. A couple of times the Jets were all right. The Dolphins were all right. Peyton, a couple of times the Jags were a little bit of a rival there. Outside of that... What a cakewalk. That's Both fair. these guys have been handed for the entirety of their I, two careers. I will say this because we saw it with Peyton Manning. I know we, we don't suspect it will ever happen, but it's going to happen. Father time undefeated. Tom Brady is going to decline. It could happen next year or maybe the year after. This is not going to go on forever. And everybody thinks it is. But in the fan, meantime, you, in the meantime, the three teams behind the Patriots will finish 8-8, eight and 6-10, eight, and 5-11. and 11. It doesn't matter yes. what order it's happening in. The Patriots and win the division at 12-4 and four again. One final note that uh, Mark Sessler, as we said, lost his voice, could not participate in the show. But he did give a statement that he wanted me to read about the Dolphins. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, titled, Dolphins Season Revealed. This again from Mark Sessler, at Mark Sessler, NFL, Mr. Fancy Pants, as Dave calls him. Henry is a nice fellow, so it hurts to write this. He is tall and relatively handsome for a British individual. But his putrid ghost ship of a football team is <laughs> headed into darkness. Wait, sorry. Is this the same Mark Sessler who's a Browns fan? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the end of the okay. first paragraph. All right, good. Just wanted All right. to The Dolphins that. will go 5-11 and 11 next season, finishing fourth in the AFC East behind the revived Jets and Bills and a Patriots team that will go 12-4. and four. Owner Stephen Ross rewards Joe Feldman with a new five-year mega pact, <laughs> while Henry in Culver City is made redundant on the heels of a disturbing <laughs> in-house controversy involving Tinder, Greg Rosenthal and improper use of inter-office mail. Oh boy, <laughs> wow. that is not good. None of that is good. For Do you, you got? You know, so, we call on when 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 we're doing out of the same space. Uh, the DDFP we refer to it as Studio Sixty Six. Maximum strength. <laughs> well done. <laughs> TD hit when, the right button. You knew that, that was when Rosenthal. Yeah. When Rosenthal isn't in here, maybe you should call this studio the Factory of Sadness because your teams, the Jets. The Browns, Wes has the Bengals that are so loathsome he had to abandon them a number of years ago. This really is a sorry lot. It's perfect when Handsome comes in and can start talking to Dolphins. <laughs> you are a factory of sadness! <laughs> you are a factory of sadness! I like to...
<laughs> wow, Whoa. Eddie. An echo. There's an CD echo in this factory. continues button issues. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that part, that's what makes our podcast a little plucky. You know, we have, we're kind of underdogs, unlike the, the Steelers with the one for the thumb. Yeah. And all that malarkey. I was so, born into greatness. So you do you have any thoughts, Henry, before we go on Mark's statement? I, I mean, I, I don't know why Mark would decide to pick on me today when his team is, I, I mean, as sorry as the Dolphins are, they have a quarterback. And you know a guy who they Ish. they can no definitely a quarterback who they're going to be keeping this year at least the the Browns are looking at maybe drafting Marcus Mariota so they can have two quarterbacks who are too <laughs> uh, small. The Jets and two... and the idea that the Jets and Browns are I mean shouldn't that be the red flag? Right. Hey, who else is looking at Marcus Mariota? Oh, that team. Yeah. Oh, well, then we can't do it. It's us and the Browns. Oh, I mean it's us and the Jets. Well, then we're out on this. Do you I don't know what hear the any good teams thing talking about, about that statement is every Sunday during the season, I come to work at about 5:30 a.m. and and Mark Sasser and I normally on a Sunday morning while you guys are all asleep and you know dreaming of victories all for right, your team. Keep moving. Sit here and sit in downstairs and we talk in the newsroom about, you know, how, how sad it is to be a fan of our teams and how today's going to be a little tragic, but just hold your <laughs> own and I'll give them a pat on the back and I'll say, Mark, good luck today. I hope it, I hope it all works out okay. And then to throw that at me. Yeah. And to call you relatively right. handsome. You're legitimately uh, that's, handsome. That's, that was show-offy. Hey, like, uh, right. I'd also like to say that... I hope um, he never I'd, finds his voice. It's <gasps> gonna, what you guys, what your conversation is like is what it's going to be like for 2015 Broncos fans to be like. And Wes mm. now has made himself a Broncos fan. And at year's end, I'll All take right. a Cantor's we ha- pastrami. We had to go back down that road. <laughs> Cantor's pastrami. I'm already salivating. That's I'm it. so hungry for That's it. it. That's That wraps part one of our big Empty Nest crossover episode. Uh, Dave Damashek, thank you very much for joining us. Sorry I talked. Always a treat. No, we love when you talk. <laughs> Sorry and I had a fight in the middle. You're the best. Thank you for party. joining us. Thank you for uh, having me. You are legitimately handsome. TD, thank you for your help. So we move He's on. He's like Chris Reeve in Superman yes. 2. <laughs> we continue on now to part two of the crossover with the Dave Damashek football program. Thank you for listening. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.